The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Apatra, joined by my good buddy, Will Harris. We're going to break down this wonderful, I mean wonderful, Tuesday, February 23rd card for you guys. We've got nine games on the docket, nine games to talk about. But, Will, I uh, I heard from HR. I, I answered. They called. They <laughs> said, uh, you know, we need, to, we need to do something about Santino. Uh, we need to get him off. Will's Will's putting in the complaints. So I'm here, man. I'm answering your prayers. Uh, we we got Santino out of here for a night. We gave you the night off. We figured that he'd take it down. But nonetheless, man, how you doing? Say, look, you can't say that. All his fans are gonna be, you know, <laughs> hit me up on Twitter thinking I said something for real. <laughs> no, that's yeah, my gonna, guy. Uh, thank you, thank you. Oh man, for now. Nah, nah, so nah, I know, nah. yeah, yeah. The other half would be like, thank you. <laughs> nah, <laughs> Great to be on with you, Mike. It's been too long, and uh, we had to go over these. We got a big slate tomorrow, and I'm excited about it. Absolutely, no, yeah. Santino, he uh, he covered for me yesterday, so I'm I'm simply returning the favor, uh, giving him the night off tonight because he handled uh, he handled the show for me last night. So shout out to Santino. Uh, he's just uh, he's a good guy. He's a, he's a good guy. You know. All right, he that's was, enough. That's enough. Yeah. That's <laughs> what am I saying? We got we got some games to get to. Uh, enough fluffing Santino up a little bit. We got we got nine games to talk about. Before we jump into anything though, quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, MyBookie. If you guys haven't already, check out MyBookie. Head over to MyBookie.ag. The best, the number one, the most reputable, the only bookie site that I trust with my money. Head over, guys. You guys use that promo code HOOPBALL on your initial deposit, and you will get a 50% deposit match. You deposit $1,000, they will give you $500 for free to play with over at MyBookie.ag. And, hey, maybe... You know, maybe you just don't want to bet on the NBA. I don't know why you wouldn't right now with all the prop bets and the and the money lines and everything that they have going on over there. Uh, maybe you want to just go ahead over to their fully fledged casino platform. So maybe it's the table games, maybe it's the slots, maybe it's maybe it is the sports. Whatever it is, you can do it over at my bookie. And like I said, on that initial deposit, if you use that promo code Hoopball H O O P B A L L, you will get a fifty percent deposit match. Take advantage of it, guys, at mybookie.ag. The promo code is HOOPBALL. All right, well, we got, we got a nice little docket. First game of the night, we have the Atlanta Hawks. They're traveling to Cleveland. Got the Cavs one. For the game total, 229.5. Atlanta being favored by seven points in this one. For the injury report, Boyan Bogdanovich, Chris Dunn, DeAndre Hunter, all ruled out. Cam Reddish is considered probable. Rajan Rondo questionable for the Cavs. Delvadova, Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, Larry Nance Jr. all ruled out while Torian Prince is being considered doubtful. So I'll pass it over to you, Will. Talk about this Hawks team. What are we looking at? Uh, with the Hawks, you know, your main guys are Trey Young and he's Priced at ninety seven hundred, it's always good when he's under ten thousand. Uh, you can, he's a pretty safe bet. And you got Clint Capella. You know he's rebounding monster. Been putting up points in the twenties the last three games. So he's at seventy nine hundred. You would expect a guy putting up numbers like that to be priced at a little bit higher. So he's worth the risk right now, seventy nine hundred. But really, other than that, it's not too many Hawks that I'm loving. Uh, you know, John Collins has been. You know, I think he's more talented than Capella, but stats-wise, you know, Capella's presence is hurting him a lot as far as fantasy and DFS. Uh, he's priced at 6500 Would you consider Collins, or uh, are you feeling like me and more thinking, it's, you're going to pick Hawks, guys, it's going to be Young or Capella? Yeah, so I, I don't love Collins. Uh, I do like the price tag, though, and kind of like in that similar matchup going against Denver, with you know, with them missing uh, Paul Millsap, I think it's a I think it's a solid matchup. I think that Cleveland's a very very similar kind of matchup. Uh, they're very short staffed in the front court. We know that Andre Drummond's sitting there without Larry Nance. Probably going to be without Torian Prince. So 
And it's going to be a good matchup for John Collins. So I don't mind the, you know, the direct one-on-one matchup, I guess you could say, uh, at power forward for Collins at 6,500. I just don't think that I've seen too much of that, you know, 50-point ceiling that we were seeing last year. So, uh, you know, he's definitely an option, though. Definitely an option. I don't mind him or Capella. I think they're both at very fair price tags. Trey Young, I'm glad you touched on him, too. 9,700. We talk about Cleveland's backcourt all the time. They get torched, and... Trey Young's been playing much better. There was a little, there was a little bit of brief time when he was coming back from his injury that uh, he was struggling, but that's out the window. The assists are back up, the usage is back up. He's had at least three straight games with at least thirty actual points scored, so he's in a nice little groove. And I don't mind spending the money on him if you want. Yep, sounds good. Yep, and uh, another thing about Collins, you know, um, uh, DraftKings is catching up. You know, each game <laughs> his pricing has gone down since February twelfth. Just a little bit going down, going down, going down. So they're they're making it easier to play him. So at least he's not at seventy five hundred. He's at sixty five hundred. So if you need to fit someone in with that potential uh, at that price of sixty five hundred, he would be a good one to fit in. But he's just not been reaching that potential. So it's a little sketchy. Yeah, absolutely. And sliding over to the other side of this uh, this ball, looking at the Cavs, Jared Allen now coming in as the highest priced Cavs player. At 7,500 in this matchup, he's a guy that we could look at. Oh, most definitely. I mean, his last game, he went berserk. He scored 26 points, 17 rebounds, three blocks, you know, over 50 DraftKings points. So at 7,500, to me, he's probably the best option at center for the whole slate. I mean, it's hard to pick someone over Nikolai Jokic, uh, but if you're going to choose someone else, uh, you would. Definitely want to consider looking at Jared Allen at 7,500. He's got a tough matchup against Capella. You know, Capella's a block machine. But Allen should still be able to put up a double-double guarantee. Um, Other people I like are Darius Garland uh, at 6,100. He's really been stepping his game up, not only with the points, but with the assists. You know, he's running that team, uh, doing great things in his uh, second year. And believe it or not, I like... Chetty Osman at 5,600. I normally never like Chetty Osman, but uh, his last four games, he's been getting he's been getting it done. 25, 32, 38, and 28 DraftKings points. So if you need someone to squeeze in at 5,600, if that's not too much for you, uh, you know he should be on track to put up around 25 to 30 points as long as all goes well. Because the Hawks are going to be running and gunning, so that's just more opportunities for someone like him. Another sneaky player is uh, Isaac Okoro uh, at 4,300. His last two games, really, he's been productive-wise to where you can use him in the lineup. Uh, so he's been getting the minutes. They're clearly been wanting to, you know, play him. He's go- he played 39 minutes and 34 minutes the last two games. So if they're going to keep that up, you know, that's someone you can use at 4,300. That's a ridiculous price. So you just hope his production keeps up. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of right. It sounds like you're on a lot of these front court guys. Um, that's pretty much where I'm looking as well. I don't mind some looking <laughs> at if you if you wanted to take a look uh, at you know guy like Garland or Sexton. You know we target this Atlanta backcourt on a nightly basis when they're playing. Do we just know that Trey Young defense is there and it, it just it's not at the same time it's non-existent and that's why we target it. Uh, so I don't mind looking at either of those guys. But you're right, Jetty Osmond. He should have continued to you know, play significant minutes at power forward. They just don't have any other options at this point. So uh, I just don't see that going anywhere at 5,600 in this matchup. You know, getting a little bit priced up, but it's still still a great matchup. Still leaves a little bit of, uh, you know, juice left in that orange right there. A little juice left to squeeze. So I don't mind looking at Osmond. Uh, don't mind looking at a guy like Jared Allen whatsoever. Starting to get a little bit priced up. And uh, keep in mind that I think he's shooting 19, uh, 19 what is it, 19 to 20 over the past two games. Or 18 and 19 over the past two games. Uh, you know, not a guy that's never going to you know be shooting much as it is. But it's still a little bit of an unsustainable field goal percentage. But that being said, the minutes are going to continue to be there with him. They're going to need him to play. So those two guys are the main guys I'm looking at. And I don't mind even taking a stab at a guy like a JaVale McGee for value. Like we just said, they're going to need some size. They're going to – I don't I don't suppose that they're going to go a ton of like JaVale McGee next to Jared Allen. But this definitely feels like a game where we could see, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of uh, JaVale McGee as opposed to that last one against OKC where he barely sniffed the court, played for six minutes. Yeah, sounds good. And uh, I didn't mention Colin Sexton because I just don't think his ceiling 
is high enough for me to feel excited about putting him in my lineup. He's at seventy two hundred. You know, it's it's kind of reasonable, but it's also like I say on that borderline to where it's like I'm not excited to play him. And that's it, man. We got it. We have to, you know, rule some guys out. We can't, we can't play all these guys. So just because we don't mention somebody doesn't necessarily mean that we hate him. It just means that at this very moment, the night before, as we record this, not popping off the page to it. There's guys that we much rather talk about on that team. So keep that in mind. Uh, you know, if you're following the news, you're following us. Sometimes things change. Sometimes we, you know, we pivot, we go on people as the news breaks. So if you follow us on Twitter, if you're in the Discord, you will get those updates. On to the next game, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Detroit Pistons traveling to Orlando, take on the Magic in this one. As far as a game total, 208.5. Orlando being favored by 2.5 points in this one for Detroit. Blake Griffin, Killian Hayes, Jalil, Kafour, DeLon Wright, all ruled out in on the Magic. Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac ruled out. So, pretty much same injuries that we've been uh, going through. You know, Dawn Wright pretty came back with a grade two groin strain. So, looking about reevaluation in two weeks. Probably looking at close to a month absence in this one. But talk about this Pistons team. It's a little different than what we're used to talking about last week. Uh, any options for you for tonight's slate? Yeah. It's, it's like a rotating lineup, you know, with the Pistons. It's like they're still trying to figure out who they want to play, whether it's Dennis Smith, Wayne Ellington, you know, Josh uh, Jackson, uh, guys like that. But the, the main ones I'm comfortable in, I mean, if you want to go really, really deep, um, I'm looking at Saban Lee. Uh, at 3,200, you know, he came in. Dennis Smith started the last game. Saban Lee, the rookie, they came. he came in and played 33 minutes. Dennis Smith only played 15 minutes. And he was very productive with 12 points and four rebounds. So that's 30 DraftKing points. And he's at a uh, pretty much a minimum salary. That's a sneaky play uh, that I would keep my eyes on. Uh, a lot of people are interested in Sadiq Bay. Um, I don't trust it yet. He's getting those Blake Griffin minutes um, at 5,600. But <clears throat> he's still scoring in the 20s in DraftKing points. So I think you can find someone maybe a little cheaper or maybe with a higher ceiling. Uh, Around that price point, you don't have to force it today, in my opinion. Uh, and Josh Jackson at 5,800, he's been stepping his game up. He had he was great in the beginning of the season, had a big drop off, and now he's starting to ramp it back up. 5,800 for him, I'm a little more secure in him than Sadiq Bay. And Jerry and Grant at 7,600, you know he's been having an all-star caliber year. Um, his production in DraftKings has not been amazing, but you know uh, it's a safe play. So if, if you have 7,600 to spend, you know he's not going to get you a dud. So. Hey, listen, um, I'm with it. Saban Lee, that's the first guy you mentioned and the only guy in the Pistons I really have any interest in. <laughs> I, just these guys are priced up. Not the greatest matchup, but you're right. That, that's a great value for a guy that most likely will start this next one. I'm assuming he's going to start after he watching should. Dennis Smith Jr. play. That was Listen, I was at one point a Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, truther. There is no truth to that anymore. It's gone. Oh, it's, out, it's, it's out the window, man. So I'm with you. I think Saban Lee is a rock-solid value option. Let's slide over to the other side of the ball, though. Looking at this Orlando team, 10-2 for Vucevic. Never going to argue with Vucevic. I do not want to pay that price tag. He makes sense if you're looking at a GPP pivot. I like this matchup. It kind of has that 50-point uh, matchup written all over it. But I don't think I go there at 10-2. And I don't like a lot of options. If I'm looking at anybody on this team, it's going to be a guy like Michael Carter-Williams in GPPs only. And it's just because he has that tournament upside. You know, we haven't been seeing those upside games. He's been hitting that little bit of a floor of around 20, and that's exactly what the floor is. Dude's going to chip in rebounds, assists, block steals left and right. If he can hit some shots from the floor in any game that he actually plays this year, we'll be looking at that 40-point upside. So don't mind Carter-Williams at 5,500 in GPPs and tournaments. That's probably it for me over here on the Magic. How about yourself? I totally agree. I couldn't have said it better myself. Fournier probably be safe, but, you know, it's not exciting. Uh, but I have a question for you. Al Farouk Aminu is priced at 3400 His last game, he had 25 DraftKings points. Would you feel comfortable playing him, uh, putting him in your lineup? Obviously not cash, but because this is his first game of real production. But do you think he could be a sneaky play? At 3,400. I don't know if it would be um, 
you know, necessarily sneaky, just because I think it's it's unsustainable what he did in that last one. The minutes are the main concern with uh, Alfred Camino. If we can guarantee that he's going to get 24, 25 minutes, I'd say sure. Even at 22 at 3,400, I'd say sure. But in that last one, a lot of those, uh, you know, points came from his six stocks, you know, the two blocks and four steals in 19 minutes. And he's a great defender, and he's been known for doing that over his career. I'm just not going to bank on, you know, uh, you know, six stocks in 19 minutes, considering if we tally up the other 29 minutes he played in the three previous games, he didn't have a single one. So I'll, I'll probably leave him out there. I prefer the guy, you know, Saban Lee, different position, very similar yeah. price tag on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I totally agree. I'd say just keep an eye on him and see what he does uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, I definitely. Definitely a name worth uh, monitoring just because this power forward position is pretty much wide open. And uh, Chumo Kiki's been the best power forward since Eric Gordon's gone down. They just kind of refuse to play him any uh, any real serious minutes. And immediately they're already starting out for Rukumidu. So definitely something to monitor. Ready to move yeah, on yeah. to the next one? Let's go. Sacramento Kings traveling to Brooklyn. Take on the Nets. Should be a fun one. I'm sure that we're going to oh, have yeah. some, <laughs> some stuff to talk about in this one. It's also supposed to have one of the highest game totals of the night at 243.5. Whopping 243.5. Brooklyn being favored by seven points in this one. For the Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie, Kevin Durant, both ruled out. Jeff Green, Timothy Luau Cabrero are questionable, while Tyler Johnson is probable. And then for the Kings, Harrison Barnes is questionable. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Everybody else is uh, either in the G League or not of any concern. Uh, Glenn Robinson III, not with the team, but he's pretty much been virtually phased out of the rotation since Jeffries came back. But we'll start with this Kings team. we got to have some guys. We know about this Brooklyn defense. It's been playing a little bit better, but they're still giving up plenty of points. Who are you looking at over here? Well, Initially, when I looked at the Kings, I see De'Aaron Fox at 8,000. That's a little high for me. And then you look at his past game history, and it's not been that great. It's been subpar for him because I think he's an all-star talent. Uh, but you factor in the Nets, and like you said, their defense is getting a little bit better, but that's from terrible to slightly less terrible. <laughs> so, And most of their games were scoring in the 120s. So I would expect Fox to step it up and be worth uh, putting in your lineup because the last matchup I can think of with a point guard with a point to prove was Colin Sexton, and he went off on the net. So I could see De'Aaron Fox doing that. That's, you know, at his ceiling, you know, it's, it's a bit of a risk, but I could see him, you know, taking the team, putting them on his shoulders, and, you know, trying to lead him to victory over the big three without KD there. Um, other than that, um, I like Daquan Jeffries. That's the guy you may not have heard of, but um, he's a rookie at 3,800. Uh, last game, he played 40 minutes, scored almost 34 DraftKings points. So he's a guy to keep an eye on. I don't know if I trusted enough to play him. Uh, definitely not in cash because the game before, he didn't, he didn't have any production really. But he played great last game against Milwaukee. And I think, you know, with uh, Harrison Barnes out, that he has the potential to put up production at that price point. Uh, what do you think about the Kings? I like that value call. I mean, if Barnes is out, he's definitely a guy that we could look at. You know, not a sure thing, banging value at 3,800 that we can just depend on in all of our cash lineups. But if he's going to touch 40 minutes in this type of matchup, probably one of their best perimeter defenders, especially if Barnes is out, they're going to need him. So I, I don't mind that call. Um, and then I'm going to be looking at the front court. You know, Rashawn Holmes returned in that last game. He only played 21 minutes, came back, double-doubled, 11-11. and 11. Uh, This is a, a matchup that we've been targeting centers against for about two to three seasons now. So that's not, not much has changed outside the fact that they probably got worse knowing that they got rid of Jared Allen. So I, I don't mind looking at uh, Rashawn Holmes. You're not gonna, he missed that last game that they played against Brooklyn. That was one of those big Hassan uh, Whiteside games. But I definitely think this is a good matchup that we could target him at 5,600. We want to get the, you know, the notice that there's no restrictions, there's no limits. If yeah. we get that, we can look at him. If we don't have that news, tournaments only. If we get the news, cash, GPPs, we can, I think we can look at Holmes. Outside of that, I don't mind looking at Fox or Halliburton or Heald. Um, I prefer just to kind of play one of these ancillary options and spend up in other spots. Yeah, I totally agree. And, I, you know, if you're wavering on Halliburton, you can factor in. It should be a high-scoring game. So, you know, he's been playing really great as a rookie. That should help him out. If that'll tip your scale on whether to play him or not. 
I love that kid's game. Yeah, definitely. Looking at the other side of the ball, I'll start with the uh, with the Nets and you know James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Can't go wrong with either one of these guys. Both studs, both great matchups. If I had to pick one, I'm leaning Kyrie for the nineteen hundred dollar discount. Uh, simply, he's playing off ball. I always talk about it. Shooting guards versus the Kings are a matchup I love to target. So I'm not going to miss the opportunity to do so. Both these guys very, very much in play. I'll have shares of both. I probably just see myself going maybe 60-40, bleeding more Kyrie at this moment. Outside of that, you know, you could take a you could take a stab at a guy like Bruce Brown, been playing a little bit better. Um, even gets a bigger boost if Jeff Green does. Uh, is, or I mean, does is forced to miss. Um, and the same thing goes for DeAndre Jordan. No Jeff Green. We could probably expect 30 plus minutes for both these guys. They just have no other options. They have nowhere else to go. Not normally guys I would look at, but given the fact that they are so limited, they're in play. Yeah, I totally agree. It's really only the three you named, uh, Harden, Irvin, and uh, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, uh, what do you think about Nicholas Claxton? You think, uh, you know, they're saying he might play tomorrow, but it's too questionable to probably put him in a lineup, correct? He's only Absolutely. at 3000 minimum salary. Yeah, I just don't I, – I need to see it before. But, I mean, this guy has been dealing with uh, a pretty significant injury all season long. He's He hasn't sniffed court yet. He hasn't sniffed the court. So I, I don't imagine that he plays anything more than a handful of minutes, especially to begin with. And then, you know, eventually uh, I I think he's going to have a, a solid role with this team, 16 to 18 minutes at backup center ideally if they don't bring somebody in during uh, – before the trade deadline. Yeah, totally great. And uh, another question uh... – you mentioned you'd rather Kyrie over Harden. How do you feel about Kyrie over De'Aaron Fox with that $800 price difference? That's it. I'd rather pay the 800 for Kyrie. Yeah. I know I'm going to – I like when we're talking about some of these expensive options, you know, we're going to want to target these this game uh, for sure, for sure. And yeah. 8, $8,800, I just think that's a great price tag for Kyrie. Anyway, on top of it, ruling the fact that it's one of my shooting guard matchups going against the Kings. Um Played fairly well in the last one, too, and only 30 minutes against the Kings in the last one. He managed to drop 56.5 DK points, shot 9 of 11 from deep. Uh, you know, these point guards, these shooting guards, they're able to get their shots up over the Kings. They do not defend the three-point line well at all. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. I mean, you know, last game against the Clippers, he kind of had a weird ending to that game and was missing a lot of shots, so I think he'd probably try to redeem himself against uh, Sacramento, hopefully. And that's the thing. It's law of averages with Kyrie, it feels like, sometimes. Right. We're going to have those little bit of down games, but it just means a bangers around the corner for us to take advantage of. You, uh, you got anything you else go. on Brooklyn? Ready to move on I to the next we, one? I think we covered them. All right, my man. We're cruising. Oh, yeah. Boston Celtics traveling to Dallas. Take out my Mavericks, man. Looking forward to this game. This one should be a fun one. 230.5 game total. Dallas favored by three in this one. Man, this is uh, this is this is gonna be a doozy. So as far as the injury report, <laughs> nothing really to be concerned with. Uh, Dallas has yet to release theirs. They're playing tonight, second half of a back-to-back for them. Keep an eye on Kristaps Porzingis. He was questionable for tonight. Could just simply because it's a back-to-back. Uh, something definitely worth monitoring for the Celtics. Only things of note: Romeo Langford, Marcus Smart, both ruled out. Pass it over to you. Why don't you break down the Celtics for me? Uh, yeah, with the Celtics, I mean Jason Tatum has been on a rampage lately. I mean, he's been over 50 points and over 50 drafting points the last three games. He's taken the totem from Jalen Brown, who was the better Celtic in the beginning of the year, and he's running with it. So at 8,900, I think that's a great price point for him. And you know he's going to be dueling with uh, Luka, so they're going to have to go back and forth, I'm sure. Um, Jalen Brown at 8,000. You can if you want to. It's not a great price point for him. Uh, Kimba Walker been totally up and down roller coaster six four hundred. I don't love it just because you know you want something more secure at six four hundred guarantee. And it's a lot of teams playing a lot of great point guards, so I'm not really that confident in that. And I mean the rest of the players are pretty much split in minutes. You know you have the big centers with uh, the centers with Tristan Thompson, Robert Williams, and Daniel Tice. You just never know which one to play. Really, you wish. Honestly, I think Robert Williams is the most talented. I wish they would just give him the minutes, but they won't do that. So I don't feel comfortable in any of the three. What do you I'm think? With you. I want Robert Williams to play, man. I'm with you. 
Uh, yeah. I think at this point, he, he, his athleticism just offers something. I mean, Tice deserves it. Tristan Thompson should not be in this rotation. Just get him out of there. Give the give the minutes to, to Tyson and Robert Williams. That's the best way to go. Uh, only other guy I'm looking at is Tatum. And it's simply as like a GPP pivot if you wanted to spend up on a guy instead of Kyrie at that same or very similar price tag. I, I prefer Kyrie over a point, uh, point per dollar and push come to shove. But position eligibility, if you need to, you know, spend up at forward instead, Tatum's right there. It's a very similar price tag. So guy that's been putting in 50-plus DK points, three straight games at 8,900, that's a rock-solid value. Guy that should probably be priced more towards 94, 9,500. On the yeah, Dallas yeah. side of the ball, 11-2 for Luka Doncic. Talked about Harden. Where does he stack up next to him? That's a tough call. Uh, you know, uh, his game, uh, you know, they've been they've been off for a while, you know. But um, I think his production kind of goes down with Kristaps a little bit. Uh, and if if he doesn't play, that makes it easier for me to play him at 11,200. Um it, it's tough. It's tough because, I mean, you're going to want to get Jokic in your lineup. You want to get Harden. You want to get all these guys. You can't play them all, so you got to nitpick. Um, but he's kind of the only option for the Mavericks, especially with Porzingis out. So that price, I mean, it's you got to tinker with your lineups because that's a heavy price tag. But he should fulfill it. Other than that, I only see Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, he's been, you know, solid lately at 5000 so that's that's worth it for me, but I don't really trust anyone else on this Mavericks team. I think you said it perfectly. I mean, it's Luka Doncic, eleven two. It's his price tag. It's what he should be priced at. Uh, but it's a tougher matchup, you know. Going against Dallas, we generally try not to target them on the perimeter. If we're targeting them, it's in the front court. Luka kind of fits into the realm of both both right there. You know, guy that has a pretty good post game himself for a guard. So I don't mind looking at him. I just prefer Harden over him. Uh, I think I prefer Jokic over him, which you talked about. I expect Porzingis to play in this one. I'm, I'm assuming they sat him out in the first one. They listed it due to his back, but it's a front half of a back-to-back. They probably sat him because of the back-to-back being in the front half. If he plays, you know, it's a little bit of a different kind of usage scenario. I don't mind Porzingis if there's no restrictions. 8,200 in this matchup. I think he could easily take advantage of it in the same way that I think Jason Tatum can take advantage of him. Those are the two guys I'm looking at in this game, and that is it. I think that uh, if you wanted to take a GPP stab at a guy like Jason Richardson, I wouldn't mind it in this sort of matchup, but not ideal. I think we have better ones that we could target. Were yeah, you- I mean, I, I kind of like Brunson, but, you know, I don't feel confident really to play him. But if you want to take a risk, you know. <laughs> well, that's it. And it, it really depends. You know, some people are out there doing the turbo slates and they're just kind of looking at some of these 730 uh, Eastern Standard Time games, the four of them that are on. And, you know, maybe Brunson's maybe a little bit more viable in those types of matchups, but I yeah. probably probably won't end up with too many shares of him. But it's it's Brunson. He's solid. He's not going to ever sink you. I I just think in you know GPPs, give me some Saban Lee, man. Thirty yeah. thirty two hundred. Yeah, give me the guy with the upside. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And hopefully, game. like I said, hopefully Porzingis is healthy and he didn't injure himself somehow while they were out with COVID because <laughs> you know that. He's been struggling to stay healthy for a couple of years now, so we don't want any more problems with him. No, please, no, 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 no. no. I mean, they you, they did have to give up Dennis Smith Jr. to get the guy, so true, true. Does uh, <laughs> a lot, lot invested in that one, but <laughs> we'll, we'll move on to the next one. Golden State traveling to New York to take on the Knicks in this one. So, uh, for the injury report, Marquise, Chris, Nico Mannion, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson all rolled out. James Wiseman. Yvonne Looney, Steph Curry questionable. So we could see the return of the bigs of Looney and Wiseman in this one. Looking like uh, all three are more than likely to play is what I'm reading between the lines from some of the beat reporters. Uh, And we do not have a game total. We do not have a spread for this one. So uh, buckle up. One of the ones that we're going to have to monitor following tomorrow. Looking at this Warriors team, I'll lead it off here. Steph Curry, 10K, dealing with the illnesses as of late. They said that he's looking like he's going to play. He's still listed as questionable, though. I'm going to pass the 10K in this matchup. You know, it's in the garden. It's all the good things that we like to target about superstars traveling to New York. It's a great matchup. But we talked about several guys over this 10K price tag. He's one of the guys that probably crossing out. Uh, and same thing probably goes for Draymond Green. I, I do love Draymond Green. He has been playing much, much better as of late. But if these centers are back, he's going to be spending a little bit more time at power forward. And we kind of seen his rebounds and some of these other stats, especially the defensive ones, dip 
Uh, those only came back once he really started playing a little bit more at center. So I'm not saying they're going to go away completely, but we're paying a premium price tag at 6700 for him. I'll probably take a pass on him as well, and I don't have a ton of interest in any of these guys, especially the centers. They're just probably going to split the minutes down the middle. I'm all set with Golden State. Not too often I say that. Yeah, uh, I was looking at the three guys, Curry, Oubre. Oubre's been playing uh, really well lately, uh, over 40 draft game points this last three games at 6,900. So if you want to squeeze them in there, you could. Uh, but I was thinking Draymond at 67 would be a good uh, value if, you know, there was no COVID. There were fans in the stands there in New York, Madison Square Garden. This would be a game he would show up for and to try to shut down Julius Randle. Uh, and I would feel a lot more comfortable playing him. But in an empty stadium, you know, like you said, some of the big men are coming back for the Warriors. It's it's borderline for me, but I wouldn't just mark it off. I would still, you know, consider Draymond at 6700. Absolutely. And keep in mind, too, he's going to have a little fire in this one. He uh, he mentioned he got yeah. injected in the last one, felt like he cost the team a win, really let everybody down. He said he went back. He watched it. He was dead wrong. Uh, he ra- he should have never reacted that way after he got the first tech. So uh, maybe a little bit of a calmer Draymond, but definitely definitely going to be playing with a little bit of, of fire as well. How about on the Knicks side then, running it back? Anybody you're looking at? Uh, I, I love Julius Randle. I mean, it's at 9,300, so it's a little high for me. Uh, his price keeps going up. Uh, but ah, that's that's a tough one. Uh, I I just love Julius Randle. If you can get him in your lineup, you can try it. You know, it is a little high for him, though. He's not guaranteed to give you 50 drafting points, so... I understand if you can't get him in there. Uh, Nerlens Noel is probably the only other guy at 4,900. You know, he's going to be getting the minutes. Uh, so he's going to be, you know, it'd probably be 25 drafting points at the most. If that's not enough for you, pass on it. Alfred Payton has been getting the big minutes lately, but he's still scoring in the low 20s, mid-20s. Uh, it's just Tom Thibodeau with his guard rotation is just no one can figure it out. So none of it is really that appealing, really. I'm right there with you. Uh, no interest in anyone from me over here outside of R.J. Barrett and Nerland so well. I just think both these guys are very fair priced. I don't mind Randall whatsoever. Uh, I think it's a fair price tag. I think it's a, it's a rock-solid matchup for him. Not really too scared off of Draymond completely. Uh, nonetheless, I just don't think it's the one I'm going to target and spend up on with everybody else we have available. But I can see these two guys hitting value. Uh, Noel, like you said, very limited ceiling he's shown so far. But if you're looking for 25 with the ceiling of maybe 30, that's it. That's your guy, 4,900. He's right there for you for your cash games. Makes a little bit of sense. So that's yeah, yeah. it for me, though. Another yeah, yeah. 7.30 Eastern Standard Time game coming up, man. Four of them for tonight. Philadelphia Crazy. traveling to Toronto. No game total. No spread for this one. We're going to be waiting on a little bit of news. Uh, you know, we've got most of it available. But for the Sixers, Seth Curry's probable. Only major injury news that we need to be concerned with for them. And for the Raptors, Kyle Lowry is being questionable. He's who we are waiting on. Uh, and then Jalen Harris is in the G League. Lowry being rumored in a lot of trade reports since the Raptors seem to none, uh, you know, they just play better without him. Um, he's a great player. I don't think he hurts them at all, but they don't lose when they don't have Kyle Lowry for some reason. <laughs> uh, even dating back to the last season, they've been very well without him. So uh, he's been rumored. It's getting rumored that maybe Philly might be a destination for the guy. Uh, he also uh, played, I think he played his college ball over in Philadelphia or in Pennsylvania at, at Villanova, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. So yeah. uh, he's got some ties there. And they do need a, they do need a little ball handling point guard. Makes a little bit of sense. So I could see something like that maybe happening. But nonetheless, we're, we're DFS. We can talk about <laughs> that all, all day well. Uh, talk about these Sixers for me. Who are you looking at? Yeah, for Philly, I mean, Joel Embiid is just having an incredible season. He's at 10,600. Uh, you can't go wrong picking him in my eyes. I mean, uh, if he's not number one, he's number two in MVP voting. Uh, but other than that, I think you could go with Tobias Harris at 8,300, but it's it's a little high uh, for me. Uh, I, I don't. I definitely don't want Ben Simmons at uh, 9,000. That's a little too much for me. But other than that, I'm not happy about anyone else on this team. If Steph Curry was out, you might could consider Drake, uh, Danny Green, or Shake Milton, but I don't think so. I don't think I'll have him in any of my lineups. Right there with you, man. Yeah, if we if we see that something, you know, 
switches with Seth Curry, any any of that update or news changes. Yeah, we look at Shake Milton at 3,900. Uh, yeah, him and Danny Green was with the minutes, but Shake Milton's the guy I think we're probably looking at more or less for DFS. He has a better ceiling, uh, a little bit of a safer floor, too. Danny Green in his old age, we're kind of relying on those blocks and steals a little bit too much. Uh, and then I'm with you, Ben Simmons, fantastic matchup. He's pretty much averaging almost 60 DK points in two matchups against uh, this Toronto team. They just don't have the personnel to deal with them. He shot 6 of 20 in that last one and still had a pretty damn good game. Uh, and we're talking Joel Embiid, like you said, guy that's probably first or second MVP voting, shooting 30% from the floor. That's not going to happen very often. He writes that ship. We're looking at a 65 to 70 DK point game. And uh, that's what we're signing up for. So no issues going with Embiid. Probably prefer Jokic, which we'll get to just ever so slightly. But Embiid would make the tournament pivot over off of Jokic. Jokic probably the safer cash guy. That's it. Not really looking at anything else on this Philadelphia team. Sliding over to Toronto, though. Kyle Lowry being questionable. That's something we definitely need to monitor. So uh, if Kyle Lowry plays, any interest in him? And if I guess if he sits, who are we looking at? Uh, Kyle Lowry play? No, I don't. I don't think so. Because even if he does play, I don't think he would play a full complement of minutes. Uh, so the main guys you probably be looking at is Fred VanVleet at eighty five hundred. Um, that's a little high, but he could hit that. You know, uh, they're going to need him. He's going to be the main, uh, you know, conductor of this train. <laughs> and you have Pascal Siakam at eighty one hundred. If he reaches his potential, he's been pretty good the last five games uh, for his standards. You know. He could hit that 8,100. It's, neither one of them are like, oh, I have a great value and I have a guaranteed 50-pointer. But it could happen. <laughs> those are the you know, those are the two most talented players on the team right now uh, with Lowry out. And uh, I don't trust Norman Powell. He's too up and down. I don't trust Chris Boucher, even though I love his game and I wish he got more minutes. And OG is just not back to his uh, 100% self, in my opinion, right now. Boom. Said it better, man. I can't say any better myself. So I'll leave it. I'll leave it there. I won't even touch on anything else. You you hit everything <laughs> perfectly. Exactly what I'm thinking. Can't change it. Yeah. Only three games left on the docket. Minnesota Timberwolves traveling to Milwaukee. Take on the Bucks. I think we're all expecting a pretty tight one here. Especially knowing that there's <laughs> going to be a little bit of head coaching changes. Uh, as some of you may have seen. Uh, yeah, Saunders got fired right after the game. Immediately uh, came out that Raptors assistant coach will be looking at the job uh, over there. So this is going to be a weird situation. It's not very often that you see this kind of happen in the middle of the season. And if you do, it's usually somewhere between the All-Star break or some some break in the season. Uh, nonetheless, for the Bucks, Drew Holiday still away from the team. And the Timberwolves, Jared Culver, D'Angelo Russell have both been rolled out. They can expect to pretty much have everybody else in their lineup uh, for a game total, 229.5. Bucks being favored by a measly 11.5 points. Nothing big over there. Break down this game for us over here, Will. Can we trust anybody in here on this Minnesota team? And if so, who is it? Well, you know, I think Carl Anthony Towns may have got his uh, footing under him. You know, his last draft drafting points, he got 61 points. Uh, you know, 27 real points, 15 rebounds, three blocks. He could be back to his normal self. And you, it's rare you're going to get him under 10,000 when he is, you know, the top five fantasy player that he is, Carl Anthony Towns. So he, I think he's worth the risk at 9,600 if you don't want to go, like we said, Jokic or Embiid. Um, it's not a lot because it's his first one, uh, you know, this great in my opinion. Well, he had 30 points uh, on February 17th. But I, I just think he's ramping up, and uh, I think he's worth looking at. Um, other than that, uh, for Minnesota, I, I I would have to go real low with Minnesota with uh, Jordan McLaughlin. Um, he is priced at 4100 and he, he's going to get those assists. He's going to get you pretty much guaranteed 20 to 26 drafting points. It's not sexy. <laughs> but it's a, it's a low price point to where you could consider it. What are you looking at? You you, you trusted in Ricky Rubio? You no thinking? way, no way. I'm not <laughs> I'm not spending. No, I'm not spending up on anybody in this matchup. I think you you're, you're touching on McLaughlin. I think that's perfect. That's one of the guys I was looking at. And then I'm interested to see what happens with this uh, with this power forward position with the new coaching regime. I can't say whole regime uh, with the new head coach. You know, we might see something a little bit more stable. It's got to take a little while. 
Uh, again, it's not a situation where like the assistant coach is immediately being promoted to head coach. He's been sitting here seeing all these guys in practice and all this for a long time. He knows what kind of rotation he wanted to run this whole time. No. It's a whole new guy coming in. Uh, they're going to mix and match. They're probably going to try to figure things out at power forward. But eventually there will be some stability. Um, you know, between guys like, you know, Jared Vanderbilt, Nas Reed, Jaden McDaniels, I expect one of these three guys to eventually be the starting power forward and get significant minutes. Who is it? I don't know. But I definitely think Nas Reed is worth taking a stab on and some GPP. He's not safe enough to trust in cash. Just think that he has a pretty good floor in this game, knowing that if it gets out of hand, he's going to play over Cat. He's not, Cat's not the guy that they're going to push in, in a blowout. He'd be the first guy to come off the court. And they might even do a little bit of lineups where we see Nas Reed play alongside of Carl Anthony Towns. They've experimented with it a little bit this season since he's been back at power forward. And he's probably been their second best big on the team. So we might start to see a little bit of that going forward. So just a couple of things I'm keeping an eye on and I wanted to mention I think are worth monitoring, but not enough to you know really put uh, really sink our teeth into just yet for DFS with any sort of confidence. Yeah, yeah they got a lot of guys that are kind of the same, like Beasley, Anthony Edwards, uh, and, you know, they're just rotating. And like Vanderbilt and McDaniels, they're like the same type of player, and none of them are getting the big minutes. You, you want them to – like maybe the new coach will settle in and pick, okay, you're getting 30 minutes, the other one's getting 18 as opposed to pretty much splitting the game right in half. Exactly. That's what I'm hoping for because, you know, while splitting in half is nice, you know, we all want to be a little fair once in a while. I want to be a little greedy. Uh, I want to get some DFS goodness in these guys. But looking at the other side of the ball, Milwaukee, you know, Giannis, 11K, not playing him. I get it. The matchup's fantastic. Ooh, this game not playing him, huh? Not playing. No, no, man. I got to, you know, when push comes to shove, we got Jokic, we got Bede, we got Harden. Those are the three guys I'd spend up on over him. Very similar price tags. I just don't trust the game script. Uh, 11 and a half point favorite for the Bucks. Those aren't the yeah. games I'm generally targeting. And listen, if you wanted to make a game stack contrarian, uh, GPP, Carl Anthony Towns, run it back Giannis, whatever it may be, game stays close, all four quarters, both these guys are going to crash. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But I just don't want to put my uh, all my eggs in that basket. So I, I don't trust either one of them for cash in, in this matchup. Probably not going to too much on this side of the ball. It's a fantastic matchup for these guys. If I'm looking anywhere, it's going to be, again, some of these ancillary options. Bobby Portis, because I think this game gets out of hand. Maybe we look at it like a DJ Augustine. He's been starting point guard. Uh, you know, we talked about some of these other value options. He should continue to see, you know, 25 to 30 minutes on a nightly basis um, until Drew Holiday's back, that is. And then maybe like Connaughton. But we have value out there. Where we, I don't know if we need to dumpster dive for these guys. Uh, uh, one guy I was looking at is, you know, he's been pretty disappointing actually in fantasy and just in the NBA, you know, overall is Brooke Lopez. You know, I think the Bucks expected a lot out of him this year. Um, but at 4,400 and like you said, with the resurgence of Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Milwaukee really doesn't have anyone else with the size that can guard him. I think Brooke Lopez might reach up to 30 minutes and, you know, they're going to need him. He's going to be, you know, Playing defense as much as he can, trying to contain him. So he should, you know, get a couple opp- opportunities on the offensive end also. Um, that's a risk because, like I said, he's been playing more like his brother Robin Lopez than himself, Brooke Lopez, and scoring like he normally has in the past. But uh, that's something to look at. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo has uh, been catching my attention lately, too, at uh, 5,200. It's you know, it's not a guarantee, but it's someone who's been doing pretty well over his last five games, and it's, it's worth considering, in my opinion. Definitely. No, DiVincenzo's a stud, man. Uh, I'm sure Kings fans are still kind of kicking themselves over that one. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, would, I would like to see him on a bad team, too. I think he would be even better. Oh, dude, yeah. He. I mean, that's the thing. Even looking back at that team that he was on, uh he played with some good talent, too, and he still stood up. And, you know, this dude, he's a two-way player. That's what I love about him. He's one of the best defenders at the guard position, and it goes unnoticed. I don't think a lot of people understand that, that this dude is just rock solid. Uh, a perfect guy that you would love that could contribute to any winning basketball team right now. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll move on to the next game, 10 p.m. Two games left, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. We're in the late game slates now. Portland traveling to Denver. Taking on the Nuggets. We're all looking forward to this one as well. 231 and a half game total. Denver favored by seven and a half points. No injury report for Portland. Back to back. They're playing tonight. We'll get that tomorrow. Uh, for the Nuggets, PJ Dozier, Jamichael Green, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Greg Whittington, all ruled out. 
they're going to be without some bodies in here, and that's why we like some of these guys. But we'll start with this Portland team. I'll break it down first. I'm looking at them, not playing Damian Lillard, not playing Inez Cannon. Don't mm-hmm. mind looking at a little bit of Robert Covington. He's been balling out, looking like the guy that he looked like in uh, in Houston last season. And shout out to Santino. I hate to give him credit for anything, but I have to because it's rightfully so. It pains me to even do it. Like I couldn't even get the sentence out. But yeah, he, <laughs> yeah he, he touched on Covington, man. He's in the exact same situation he pretty much was when he was playing in Houston. Now that role that he thrived in, the one he had the best year of his career. He's getting some decent time at center. Uh, they really don't have a backup center with uh, Harry Giles out beyond Andis Canner. So we're seeing Covington handle the duties, and he's playing well. We're kind of seeing those blocks come back, those defensive stats come back. So I don't mind looking at Covington at 6,400. Outside of that, I'm good. <laughs> I, I would consider Derek Jones Jr. at 5,000. You know, his last three games, he's been wrapping up the production. Uh, I think he could, you know, hit value and exceed value a little bit. You, you don't like Derek Jones Jr.? I don't hate him. Um, I just think at 5K, I'll probably end up going somewhere else. So far, my initial, like, you know, premature builds the night before, I haven't been falling on that 5K too much, uh, spot too much. If I land on him and he rounds out my lineup, I don't mind it whatsoever because we got a pretty comfortable floor with the minutes and defensive stats and stuff like that. I just don't know if his ceiling is necessarily going to be there in this matchup for me. I agree. I, I'm cool with that. I, um, I don't know. I just, I just like him. I think, you know, Keep an eye on him because he's a guy that was starting to ramp up the production and you're like, okay. And, uh, you know, he got added a lot in fantasy leagues and then he dropped off. I think he had a little small injury, dropped off. A couple games came back, dropped off. So people are not paying attention to him. But his last three games, you know, he's been he's been ramping it up to where, you know, his last two, 34 and 31 drafting points. If he can keep that up, he'll be worth the 5000 But with nine games, you don't have to force it. So if you have someone – if you trust more, don't even worry about it. Well, that's exactly it. He's not by any means a bad play. I think he's very much a good play, especially when we talk about his recent production. I think he's put up at least 30 TK points over his last two games. And at 5K, that's it, value. We're good with that. Uh, perfectly cool with it. I, I don't mind it. I just don't know how often I land on it. Uh, but listen, <laughs> if, I, if I was right every single night and I won every single GPP every single night, it would be a nice uh it'd be a nice time in Cabo right now. It would be it would be wonderful out there. <laughs> looking looking yeah, at this yeah. Denver side of the ball though, I gave my sentiments on Jokic already. I love him in this matchup. Uh everything is just it, it just screams perfect storm. He's coming off of a down game by his standards. Uh only 15 actual points scored in that last one. You know he's going against Inez Canner. We love to target that matchup. We know that they're missing some bodies. He's going to have the ball in his hands a little bit more. It's the Joker, man. So 10-8, sign me up. I'm good with it. Outside of him, I don't mind taking a stab at a guy like Michael Porter Jr. at 6,200 in this matchup. It's going to be a plus matchup for him. He's been playing like either hot dog water or great. There's no, there's, <laughs> you know, there's nothing in between. There's no gray area for Michael Porter Jr. Uh, you could just tell, man. Um, it's it, and when he's playing bad, it's it's noticeable. It's uh, it's on the coach's oh, yeah. face. It's on his teammates' faces. It's even on the. Uh, the opposing coach's face is because they're saying go at him. Uh, it's that evident. So not safe for cash. Definitely a GPP play, though. He's got that upside, especially if you're maybe spending up on some of these other uh, expensive guys on the slate and you still want to get some Denver exposure. Don't mind it. Same thing goes for Will Barton. Both these guys should continue to see fairly you know, even minutes, around 28 to uh, 30 across the two guard positions. And, oh, excuse me, small forward. Um, any interest in Compazzo? Guys should continue to see minutes, especially with no Gary Harris. Uh, yeah, I actually do have an interest in him at 4,400. You know, he's, uh, you know, it hurts that Monte Morris is back, so he won't see the 30 to 37 drafting point performance because that caps his minutes. Uh, but he's still putting up 20, 20 to 22 points, uh, drafting points. So, and in real life, he's going his last four games 16, 10, 14, and 15. So, he just needs a couple more assists, and he's going to be everything you want. It's not necessary, like we said, in this uh, nine-game slate, uh, but he's a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, Monte Morris, speaking of him, you know, his, his uh, he's came back from injury. His last game, he had played 32 minutes, 33 drafting points, 15 actual points. So uh, he's someone you can consider also. But like I said, these are not guaranteed guys. These aren't, like, Starters like Jamal Murray, who has been ramping it up. Also, 
Uh, I think he, you could start Jamal Murray at 8,500. He's a guy, you know, a lot of people have probably played in DraftKings and he's burned you because you expect greatness. Like, if you look back a couple of weeks, he had a couple of 20s, uh, and that's not what we want. But uh, his last six games, he's been on fire. So uh, as long as he, he he's, he's going to have to keep up with Dame, as long as Dame doesn't wear him out and he's exhausted on the defensive end, I think, you know, he's someone you can look, consider at 8,500 to possibly get you Dame-level production for almost 2,000 less. It's it's risky, but you know that's what DraftKings is. It's risky, so you have to consider it. And it's I love the play. I love the play. I love the matchup. I think it makes a ton of sense, contrarian wise. The only problem I run into, I guess, in a cash perspective, is you know uh, Jamal Murray or Kyrie Irving for three hundred dollars difference. You know which way do you go? And I think you know for me, Kyrie just makes safe more safe sense for that uh, for that floor. Both have similar ceilings, but. In a tournament, if you want to pivot off Kyrie and in that ownership, uh, to a guy like I don't expect Murray's ownership to be anything on this slate. I mean, he's been playing well, but he's priced up at this point. He's eighty five hundred. We have uh, you know Jokic in a better matchup on the same team. We have other guards that are, are, are in great matchups at similar price tags. I don't think he's going to be owned, so he makes sense as a contrarian GPP pivot for me. Mm, that's pretty tough. I, I I think I want to do a bet with you, Mike. Let's do it because you are loving. Uh, <laughs> Jokic right now, right? Oh, I do. I'm going to say Embiid, who is similarly priced, I think 200 less, um, is going to have a better DraftKings performance than Jokic. What do you think? I, I think we double it up. I say we even go one up. I say Jokic, Kyrie outscores uh, Embiid, Jamal Murray. Oh, I mean, I don't trust Jamal Murray that much. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, I tried. I'll take it though. Let's do. Let's do it. Jokic versus Embiid. Uh, loser. You know they uh, they owe the other person a nice little gif. Uh, you know, a nice little gif on Twitter. Shout it out that they're a big loser. Uh, yeah, let, let, let the world know that they lost this bet. They're a nice big. They're a nice big loser, and uh, <laughs> Twitter know about it. It'll be me. Uh, it'll be me. I'll be the loser. Nonetheless, I lo- I like that bet. I said I put my money where my mouth is. I will play more Jokic than I will Embiid. Right, right. So you are the betting guy. Santino warned me about that too. He's like, watch out when you do that. Show. He's gonna he's gonna make you do bets. Santino never pays up on his bets, so you know he never does, man. Never does. <laughs> crazy. I, I get a call from that guy. One of my best friends. I was, I was eight years old, and then you know, as soon as the guy owes you money, you know, you can't find him anywhere. It's crazy how that works. Guy <laughs> goes hiding under a rock. But well, last game of the night, Washington Wizards traveling to LA to take on the Clippers in this one. Uh, as far as an injury report, guess what? We don't even got it. So I hope you don't think you were getting it. Wizards, uh, they are playing tonight, I believe. Yep. So they're on the second half of back to back as well. And uh, as far as a game total, we don't got it. So tough luck. You thought you. <laughs> Nah, keep an eye on it, guys. It's just, uh, you know, we're Washington. I mean, you expect right. uh, the Wizards <laughs> to lose by at least five, I would say. You want to throw that out there? Five, generous, man. I would expect it. I, uh, I, I would expect, if I had to guess the line, it's going to probably be an eight-point spread or 7.5, somewhere around there. Maybe seven, seven to eight sounds about right. Uh, the game you, you, you don't expect Russ to play, do you? I don't know. He played. He played on a back-to-back last time, so that's something that we're gonna have to monitor. Um, I would probably lean more towards him not playing. So he did play on his first back-to-back in that very last one that they did have, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he played well. Um, I would expect some sort of no, necessarily not a, like a minutes restriction. He played 29 and 33 in the last back-to-back, which was against Boston, Houston. 29 on the front half, 33 on the back half. You know, down from his uh, his normal like you know thirty six to thirty nine, I guess you could say. So there is that sort of limitation. But if he doesn't play, yeah, Raul Neto definitely a value play that we could look at. You could look at Bradley Beal as the go to scoring option at ninety five hundred. Uh, outside of that, man, I'm not looking at him much over here. I, mean, I just don't have the interest. Well, what do you think? Well, <laughs> you're probably gonna shut me down, but I love Rui Hachimura. He is at six thousand, and uh, he's been. <laughs> He could potentially get you 30 DraftKings points. You know, he's been ramping up production a little bit. They're going to need his scoring. Come on. 
Uh, <laughs> I can't do it, man. For the exact reason you just said, he could potentially get us 30. He might be able to get us 30, but we're paying for a guy that we need to get 30. That's uh, true. Six, six, if he was at 5K, I'd be all over it. I, I would agree with you. I just don't love that price tag. I need it to come down a little bit. It should be a rock-solid matchup. It's not necessarily a negative matchup for him. He can use his size here. But at 6K, I just don't think that – I think that we're paying for that that 30-point game. I want to I want to get about that 5K. So let's let's dodge him here. I'm with you. Maybe we can we can look at some Rui on the horizon. Let's just get that price tag down just a little bit more. I'm the late game slate though. Uh, maybe definitely more of an option if you're just looking at that two game slate uh, for the ten o'clock games. Uh, definitely somebody you might be able to look at over there. But I kind of just been digging some Bertans lately, man. What I'm talking about, I, oh. I want him to be the the starting four. I think he should be the starting four there. He uh, should be, but you know, I picked him up as a streamer in fantasy his last game. And he did nothing, and so I've just turned off to him so much. But, I, you know, you got to erase the bad memories. He should be productive, and that's a good price point at 5200 So, Yeah. Uh, bottom line, uh, if the Wizards <laughs> could stay in this game any way, shape, or form, they're going to need their shooters uh, to be tip-top. They're going to need to be hitting their shots, and Pertan's leading the way for them from deep. Looking uh, on the other side uh, of the ball. Question, well, wait, question for you. Are you comfortable with Beal and ninety five hundred with Russ, and then are you comfortable even more so without Russ? Or are you just staying away? I like him better with Russ. I'd rather Russell oh. Westbrook play if I'm playing Bradley Beal. As the game would be competitive. Yes, I, I want it to be a little bit more competitive. I want it to be a little closer, uh, and I just think that this would be a picture perfect matchup. Patrick Beverly. Going to play. He'll be guarding Russell Westbrook. We know that rivalry's there. He'll have his hands full. He'll be looking towards that matchup. Buell will just be sitting there saying, give me my 25 to 30 shots in this kind of matchup. I'll take it from here. Uh, so I, I think that's uh, a good tournament pivot. Not a guy that necessarily – I like him. I love Beal. I think he's a great player. I think he hits value there. I just think there's some guys that have very similar upsides. You know, Kyrie, we talked about it. Even maybe Jamal Murray. Uh, 8,500, you know, guys that have that 50 to 60 point upside, just like Beal for almost a thousand dollars cheaper. Uh, but Beal makes a sense in tournaments where his ownership is probably not going to be nearly as high in a slate like this. Right. Right. I, I kind of like Beal. I think, I think he'll try to outdo, uh, and you know, at least stay, you know, close with, uh, Kawhi and PG, but you know, we'll see. It, it, it is a risk at 9,500, but you know, he's a player that could be priced at 10,000. So. Absolutely. Uh, Leading scorer. Right, right. I mean, he's all-star starter, having a great year. But we'll see how this matchup goes. What about on this uh, Clipper side of the ball? You know, you, you touched on George. You touched on Leonard. I've been kind of staying away from George since his return. He kind of shut me up in that last one against Brooklyn. Came out and put up 57 DK points. Looks like his toe is just fine. 9100 is a great price tag for him. I guess for me, it really just comes down to your game script. You know, how you feel about this game. If you're okay with it, if you know, maybe we get a uh, a spread that makes us feel a little bit more comfortable. If it's you know seven or less, seven and a half or less, you can feel a little bit better about playing these guys. In that case, I do not have any problem going with Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd probably prefer George. But three hundred dollar difference is splitting hairs, and it might just come down to position eligibility for you. Yeah, I mean, you think his toe is, you know, I. Just because of the toe, I would pick uh, Kawhi because I just, you know, err on the side of caution. But, you know, that probably put up the same production. He, he'd probably be fine. But um, I said that the person, last one. Same thing. And, and uh, he shut me up. So I don't know if I can. He's fine. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably be fine. But, well, if they are blowing them out, it would be quicker to pull them possibly. But, it's a good you know, point. little stuff like that you can consider. But um, the only other person I really uh, would consider on this lineup is Ivica Zubak. At 4,600, uh, he can get you anywhere from 20 to 30 drafting points. He's been playing pretty well lately. Um, you know, you, when you think of the center for the Clippers, you think of Ibaka. You know, he's putting up the same or better production. He's $600 less. Um, that's, you know, if you just, you know, be, playing a contrarian lineup, obviously it's a lot uh, better choices at center. But he's just a guaranteed 20 to 30 drafting point guy, I believe. I don't mind it whatsoever. I like him in this matchup, and I think we can even look at Beverly as well right below him. Probably will avoid Lou Williams at 62, uh, that usage in minutes. So they're going to start to come down a little bit as Paul George and Kawhi Leonard get acclimated again. And that's it, man. That rounds it out. Nine-game slate wrapped up with a bow on it, ready to go. So if you, guys, if you guys have a moment, you give us a thumbs up, subscribe, rate, review. We appreciate it. It means the world to us. 
Uh, get your stuff out there. Let us know how you feel. Hope you guys love the show. We put some work into this one and uh, into all of them. You know, a lot of time that we put in here and dedicate this, especially my main man, Will, you know, allowing me to come on. Uh, I'm not normally on these Monday shows or Monday night recorded shows for the Tuesday slates. Let me let me grace them. Uh, and then give us a follow on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Will, let the good people know where they can find you. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at William is Bill. Simple as that. And uh, also, don't forget to check out the Hoopball Instagram page, Hoopball Official. And last but not least, do not forget, I have Embiid. Mike has Jokic. <laughs> don't let him forget when I win this matchup. All right. Yeah, please, guys, don't let us forget. That means make sure you chirp at Will uh, as soon as <laughs> as soon as the the slate locks. They're gonna uh, be killing the- me. The best part is, at least I don't, you know, you're going to be in agony. I, 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 You don't get to see what Jokic does until after the 10 p.m. game. Uh, at least we have a beads a little bit sooner. I'll be able to sit there and stomach that and know if I'm turning off my TV early. But that's it, guys. Thank you for listening. As always, we will be back tomorrow. I'll be on here. I'll be handling stuff. It's going to be a good time. I'll be doing, running the business with my main man, Keith. So, Thank you guys for listening. As always, from everybody over here at Hoopball, take care. Let's go crush some GPPs. This has been a Hoopball presentation.